Welcome to what I hope won't be another infuriating episode of Save Station Radio. I am your host, Dustin. With me is Cotter. Hello there. That joke made me furious. <laughs> if you haven't caught on, we will be discussing the Game Baker's Fury. Of course, Fury was released for the PlayStation 4 July 5th, 2016, Xbox One December 2nd, 2016, and the Switch on January 11th, 2018. Just in case you don't know, Fury is, you know, I guess I, I would say it's an action game almost in the vein of something like a Devil May Cry or Bayonetta, a much simpler. It doesn't really have like a combo, you know, combo meter or anything like that, but it is, I, if I were selling it to somebody, I would compare the two. Yeah, it's a combination of a character action game, something like you would see out of Platinum Games, and a twin stick bullet hell. Yeah. Uh, it kind of swaps between those two. I think last time I mentioned this on the podcast in a review was during Ghost of Tsushima. And Ghost of Tsushima had these like just one-on-one sword fight boss fights. Uh, and that very much reminded me of this game. So if you're familiar with that, where it's just you and the boss and you kind of have to fight it out and block their attacks and counter with your own. Uh, it's one part that and then one part twin stick bullet hell. You went ahead. And did some digging on the game baker, uh, d- uh, the developer. Uh, so why don't you take it away and, and tell us about them? Yeah, first of all, the game bakers, they have a great website. I don't remember exactly what the URL is. I'll probably put it in the episode description, but they have a fun little uh, UI on their website where you put in different game elements and then it gives you a game recommendation based off of those. <laughs> um, None of, from what I could tell, none of them were their own games. It was just like, hey, here's a bunch of other games that we like. That's um, fun. But that was kind of fun to mess around with. Uh, I got a lot of the website, a lot of the information from their website, so that's why I bring that up. Uh, the Game Bakers were founded by Audrey Le Prince and Emmerich Toa. Uh, they're both French producers from Ubisoft. They were um, from Ubisoft around until around 2010 when they formed this studio. Uh, all of their employees are kind of stationed all over the world so it's not you know just all in one studio they're kind of just all over the place they are a very small team you know they're an indie studio but uh, they are primarily based in Montpellier France they started their life working on mobile games they created squids which was an underwater tactical RPG in 2011 it was on released on mobile devices at the time uh, they followed up with Squid's Wild West in 2012, uh, just a sequel to that, also on mobile devices. Where did that one and take then, place? Uh, I'm not sure. I hope it takes place <laughs> in a Wild West <laughs> underwater. Um, then they released Squid's Odyssey, which was just both of those games, but they released on Switch, Wii U, 3DS, and PC in 2018. Nice. Ever heard of Squid's? I have never heard of Squid's. Me neither, but it might be something to look out for sometime yeah i wonder 2001 a 2011 mobile game though i wonder if that's still available that stuff is unfortunately kind of disposable in that way yeah at least they were compiled onto switch wii u 3ds and pc so like they're accessible oh i'm sorry i missed what you said it was a compilation yeah it's just one and two together which is very nice that is nice never mind just disregard what i said It's all good. Their other mobile game was Combo Crew. And this one got a lot of press when it came out because it was a 2D fighting game, but it didn't use like traditional fighting game controls, you know, a D-pad and 
uh, buttons. You know, it's on mobile, but they could have done like a digital D-pad and buttons, but they didn't do that. It all uses just like touch and swipe controls to do a combo fighting game. Uh, apparently it worked out really well. That released in 2013 and got pretty good reviews. So that one seems interesting as well. That's awesome. But they finally broke away with from mobile games in 2016 with the release of Fury, uh, which received pretty good reviews. Um, the Xbox version, I'm going to bring this up, the Xbox version released later the same year, but that was the version that first got the DLC, which has an extra two extra boss fights. And it also has an additional cutscene that wasn't that still isn't in any other version, which is strange. But I think the reasoning for that was since the Xbox One version launched with the DLC, they could just include the boss fight in the main story, and then it has the additional cutscene. That doesn't explain the Switch version. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense for the Switch version, but the PS4 version and the PC version. Um, which I forgot to put on our list, had to get the DLC later. So that would make the leaderboards inaccurate because there's an extra boss fight in there. So they didn't want to jack up the entire online leaderboard system or split it in two, like pre-DLC, post-DLC. So they just put it in a separate tab and they f- f- left the cutscene behind, unfortunately. That's so interesting. So, I, I, so just to tangent off a little bit, um, I did not play the DLC, but you did would you say that having that integrated into the main narrative makes that better like if somebody wanted to pick up the game based on this review would we recommend the xbox version over anything else would you say would you think that matters um i don't think so it might make the difficulty curve a little bit make a little bit more sense because it occurs right before the final boss and the final boss feels like a little bit of a difficulty spike but I think playing it after the main story, you know, just as added DLC, uh, that works just as well. And then the second boss fight in the DLC uh, is completely bonus and is also the hardest fight in the game. But Okay, cool. So the Game Bakers, they did Fury in 2016. They have since released a second console game known as Haven in 2020 that was released for all major platforms, including the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S. From what I hear, that one's pretty good. A lot of people really like it. It's like a weird romantic RPG yeah, I've adventure also game. Things. Yeah. Um, seems interesting. I'll give it a shot someday, but uh, Fury was the one we decided to look at first. I, this was my first time playing it. I um, have meant to play it for a while. It was a, it was actually a free PS Plus game like forever ago. So I've had it forever and I just never got around to it. But you have played it several times. So do you want to tell me about your history with it? Yeah. So I found it on some, someone was talking about it on some top 10 or something in, I believe it was either 2016 or 2018 around the time they came out, it was one of their top 10 games of the year. Just looking at gameplay footage and them talk about it, I was like, oh, this looks super interesting. So I got it on Switch, uh, which is not the version I would recommend if you have other options because it does uh, stutter a little bit, which for this very precise game can be a little annoying. Um, It's totally playable. I've played it two or three times on Switch already, but uh, if you have the option, get get it somewhere else. 
but I mean, I really liked it. It helped that the music was super great. It's exactly in my genre of music. It's this sort of synth wave, but heavier into the like intensity side of it where yeah as fantastic. some synth wave is a lot more ambient this one yeah this soundtrack's very good it reminds me a lot of the soundtrack to something like katana zero ghost runner hotline miami it's very much in that um that vein but it has a little bit more intensity to it just to keep the energy going and i actually pulled some information for the various composers for this game um because it has some pretty big names in like the synthwave uh, genre some of them come straight from hotline miami carpenter brute and scattle were both in hotline miami and they did tracks for this game uh the artist danger also compo- composed the score for the game baker's other game haven so good on danger um their stuff is really good the artist lorne also composed for Killzone shadowfall uh, Dirt 3 and has some of their songs featured in Sleeping Dogs and Little Big Planet 2. It's been a while since I've played Sleeping Dogs. I can't tell you for sure, but I remember it having a great soundtrack. Their music's featured there. Uh, and then the artist Wave Shaper is one of my personal favorites. They're a very popular synthwave artist. Uh, they were also featured in the synthwave documentary Rise of the Synths. Uh, so they've gotten their popularity in the synthwave genre, but not necessarily in the realm of video games outside of this game. But yeah, that was a main that was a main draw for me was the soundtrack, the visual style as well. Um, the character designs in this game are done by Takashi Ozaki. Well, real Okazaki. quick, let's um before we move off sound, I I, I think in battle the just because we're here, I think the sound design is pretty good at uh, communicating what you need to do. Oh yeah. It uses a lot of, like, like there's a specific sound for when you need to parry. There's a specific sound to tell you, like, when your gun is charged or whatever. Like, it, it does a good job outside of just the music, too, of communicating uh, well, and of assisting the gameplay, um, which is always nice to see, especially for a game like this. Yeah, it's one of those where playing the game on mute actually makes the game harder because those audio cues are very useful in timing. Yeah, it is almost rhythm game like in that. Yeah, way. yeah, it adds to a rhythm with, and it becomes a sort of dance between you and the boss of just like parrying and getting the timing right for it. So, and those are that. That is why I use the Devil May Cry comparison. Is it does kind of feel like that? Where be on point with your dodges and and parries and stuff. Otherwise, you'll take damage. Sorry, you were mentioning the character design work. Yeah, so the character designs were done by Takashi Ozaki Okazaki who is the manga artist and writer for Afro Samurai, uh, which is supposedly pretty good. I have not watched it, but has its fans, which is super cool. He does great character designs if this game's anything to go by. He also worked as a character designer for the movie Summer Wars and the animated film Batman Ninja, which is like hmm. a weird ninja samurai Batman film. <laughs> yeah, that always looked cool. I never got around to it. Um, and then he was also an artistic director on the Netflix film Sound and Fury, which if you have not seen, uh, definitely go watch it. It's a musical action film. It's an action film set to just an entire album, um, but he worked as an artistic director for that as well. So Nice. Yeah, let's, uh, let's before we give full our full reviews here, let's uh, recap the plot real quick, which is very simple. It's basically... 
our main character wakes up and he's imprisoned. And then this uh, mysterious figure in this like bunny helmet mask thing basically frees you. And now you're trying to escape what is this elaborate prison with different um, prison guards or whatever um, serving as the bosses. It's a 10 story or it's a 10 structure prison that's orbiting above the planet. Uh, It's not clear if it's Earth specifically, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, There's just 10 sort of worlds that orbit together, and they're all in service of imprisoning you into prison. So you have to fight each guardian, each boss, basically, to try and escape. Jailer. They're called jailers. The jailers. Which makes sense. All the character names are just a title, basically. So the main character, the player character, is just known as the stranger, and then the bunny hood ravio looking dude who frees you is just known as the voice the voice yeah and then the the game structure is the bosses are the only enemies um there are no fodder enemies for you to fight it is just you go into a new area and then you walk to the boss fight you do the boss fight and then you walk to the portal and you repeat uh so very very simple structure it's just these these boss fights know know their enemies to master or conquer which i kind of like i like a game that's confident enough in its boss fights that it's like yeah we don't need the rest of the game <laughs> yeah and in all of our comparisons uh at the beginning of this i can't believe i completely forgot to say also shadow of the colossus it's very similar in terms of it's just it is these bosses this is all this is yeah i agree i quite like it as well so to move into our reviews I, I thought it was a phenomenal game. I, I really enjoyed the the combat and the, the bosses. Um, they were very, very challenging, but I, I like that. I like that style in this kind of action game. Um, it's very much about kind of butting your head up against the wall until you figure out the patterns and figure out how to how to uh, beat them. It's I, I found it highly enjoyable. Yeah, that was the same sort of feeling I got on my first playthrough was it's very satisfying to learn the boss's strategies, learn how to dodge their attacks, and then counter with your own. Um, on subsequent playthroughs, I actually found that, you know, once you're confident with the game mechanics, obviously there's like a hard mode that you can play as well, which is really difficult. But even just playing normal mode a second time, you start to realize that there's some techniques that you can do to speed up the fight or gain an advantage. They're a lot riskier, but they uh, are a lot more rewarding to pull off. And just seeing how you can, you know, dodge the attacks in such a way that then gives you an opening to counter more effectively and sort of mastering the upper level mechanics to end the fight even quicker, I found also very satisfying. So um, the game also has a speedrun mode if that's the kind of thing you're into. I didn't really go for that, but just, you know, being able to satisfyingly master these advanced mechanics in addition to the core basics is very rewarding yeah i agree and i think it's designed very well in the sense that these bosses all have their own unique tricks and unique gimmicks at the end of the day they all communicate their attacks in the same way uh so like you know when they're about to strike you they'll flash and you'll get the parry sound so you know it's time to parry or they'll shoot at you and turn a section into a bullet hell section um most of the time it's not always the case but most of the time once you beat down a boss's health bar you'll run up to them and they'll get a second health bar and it'll just be a melee only section right so it's all very similar 
but not too similar enough to be repetitive. The game has a consistent visual language to convey information to the player, so you're not thrown completely in the dark when starting a boss fight, but it is going to require some careful timing and some good reaction time to be able to counter and dodge effectively. Yeah, but it all works the same, with the exception of one or two things. Um, for the most part, everything works how you expect it to. There's not going to be like a weird turret section, right? There's not going to be a weird mechanic that the game hasn't you know, taught you through play, uh, which is always good to see in something like this. Um, I never was infuriated by something like that, I guess, at the end of the day. And, you know, even if the boss's attack patterns look different, they, they act the same way. So bosses will, like, shoot a, a wave of energy at you and you get dodge through it or whatever. Um, they might do that differently, but at the end of the day, they'll all do that at a certain point, right? So there's just a visual language that you learn about these bosses that I think makes the game... It makes it feel like you're learning and progressing and mastering it, which is, you know, th- this is high praise for an action game. I think they've they've nailed that. Yeah, and it's not like you get you know more comfortable with what like once you get more comfortable with a certain boss then you're going to beat it and then you're going to move on to an even more challenging one that's going to test maybe something else about your combat techniques something that you may have not really focused on in the first fight but maybe the second fight focuses a little bit heavier on it so you got to learn that and learn their patterns and yeah each boss has their own little tricks but it's all very very similar and I think the the visual design to communicate attacks is very good, but the visual design on top of that to give the bosses variety, I think is also really stellar because yes, they all kind of attack in the same way. And that's good for making sure you're not wondering how their attacks function, but they all move and react in a distinct way. They all have their own personalities. And I think that, makes it so that it doesn't feel monotonous the game's not super long anyway so it's not like it's going to drag on forever but um each boss does feel unique which is a good thing to pull off yeah totally uh we should talk about the health system because i think that that is one of the the coolest things about it um oh yeah so you have a standard health bar as you'd expect but below that health bar you get three little little like dots uh it kind of looks like i don't know the health bar in metroid or something when you get more tanks and, and so when you expand that health bar, when it's done, you get another chance. You get back up and your health bar refills and then one of those dots goes away. But the, the twist to that is that whatever damage you did to the boss, their health bar also comes back. And they also have a bunch of dots under their screen. They don't get theirs back, though, thankfully. Yeah, so basically the way this works is each boss has a set number of phases. And that is shown by their health bar underneath their health bar. And each time you complete a phase you progress to the next one but if you have used up one of your little extra lives or continues or whatever you will get one back every time you complete a boss's phase um so it's all about you know you have some room for error you have a couple continues but if you use all of them up or if you use too many for one phase and not enough and then you don't have enough for a later phase then that's something to consider it feels like almost like a weird game of tennis you know where you can continue to go back and forth as long as you don't lose all three lives, you're, you'll get to continue to refill your health bar, right? You just either you you lose the first two, don't lose the third, or you you beat one of their phases and then you get one health bar back. It makes it feel like a game of tug of war almost, and I think that's oh, yeah, that's really sure. smart. Um, it keeps you in the fight longer. It means you know it minimizes your deaths, 
even though I still had a lot of those. Um, it's but it it, it it makes you feel like you still have a chance, even if you majorly fuck up and lose a good percentage of your first health bar, right? It doesn't feel like everything's lost, and you just need to restart right away, which which is good. Yeah. So essentially, what this means is you have three tries of a phase, considering you didn't lose some in a previous phase. And if you completely run out of lives, then you just have to start the whole fight over. You don't have to go back further in the game. You just start that same boss fight over again. Probably with more experience or more knowledge of those earlier phases, you can do better in the later phases. And yeah, I think it's it's something that puts some pressure on you to perform well, but isn't overly punishing. Yeah, totally. Um, another great thing about this health bar system, though, is you will take damage because it's fairly hard to dodge some attacks it is possible to beat everything without taking damage but that is insane uh so you'll take some damage over the course of the fight but in order to gain it back there's certain projectiles that will be green and if you shoot them they'll drop a health pickup uh usually it'll fill like one little one block of your health or maybe a half a block um, the other really reliable way to re regain health is by parrying. Every time you parry an attack, you will gain half of a block back of health. Yeah, um, and that parrying is super satisfying. It's it's also, there's like three levels of parry. If you kind of miss it, you don't get anything, but you still parry. If you, you know, cut, if you nail it mostly, you get health back. And if you really nail it, you do like a, a special, you get a special animation and you do a little bit of damage usually. Yeah, so I the, also found was interesting. So you can't barely miss it. If you if you get it, then you get health. If you perfect if you get it with perfect timing, then you gain that health and you are, open them up for a counterattack. I'm um, pretty sure you, I parried and did not get health back. That happens when you attack into a phase that they don't want you interrupting, then they will counterattack back, and if you parry that, then you just block it. You don't mm. get health back for that. Interesting. Um, which is good. So I actually found that useful on my early playthroughs where if there was a phase that I found especially difficult to dodge, then I would just purposely throw myself into an attack because, you know, they will counter back with a simple attack that I can parry. I don't gain any health for that, but then they're not going to do that phase. They're going to move to a different attack, which might be easier to dodge. Uh, so you have to be confident in your parrying skills, but you can kind of manipulate their attacks that way. Okay, okay. Overall, a very good combat system, and, and it'll shift between the melee combat stuff with the parrying and stuff between in bullet hell sections. Like you mentioned earlier, we, we do a lot of times have opportunity to gain a little bit of health. Uh, there's also a dash mechanic, where if you press X, you'll, you'll dash around the arena. Um, X on playstation playstation yeah or well and actually i'll talk about it in a minute but uh, and if you hold down the dash button you can you can get, do a bigger dash um same with strikes too and and the gunshots you can you can do more powerful strikes and the gunshots i never found a use for the more powerful strikes um but also yeah so I that's where ones. it becomes that's where the sort of advanced techniques come in is because you can charge your melee strikes and your gun strikes but they take a little bit of time to charge and while they're charging you actually move slower so it's all about sort of knowing their pattern and if you know there's an opening that would allow you to charge an attack and also allow them to be hit by the attack and also make sure that you can hold on to the attack and not get hit because if you get hit you lose it 
then you can deal massive damage by hitting them with it because it deals a lot of damage by hitting them and then it also opens them up to the special like animation where it deals even more damage uh, and you can end phases really quickly with this it's just it is very risky to pull off because it's very easy to get hit while like while in that state right i do have a couple of and i want to stress this these are very small minor nitpicks uh with the combat i think the the most annoying thing to me and this is a thing with all games like this i really hate it when these games make you do quick time events and then don't give you anything for them <laughs> which sometimes this game does sometimes you do get health back or you do do damage but then sometimes it doesn't do anything for you it just happens and it interrupts the flow and i i find that frustrating not the not the biggest deal in the world these quick time events are really easy they're just move the sticks around but it, it's just a small annoyance that I, I made note of um yeah all the quick time events are the same as well you just wiggle the sticks back and forth and then um i find it mostly happens when you get hit with a specific attack so if you dodge it then you don't encounter the quick time event so it's a little bit of like a punishment a quick time event, but... because sometimes if you parry during certain animations they'll do it. it's it's not always yeah consistent. it's yeah with like um with the hand boss number five uh there's one time there's some timing where if you attack then it'll give you a quick time event and that does break up the pace i agree with you on that yeah and it is a more of a personal problem i have with that i just i feel like quick time events should reward the player if you're going to make me do them and, and inherently that's just because i don't like quick time events i think so so I understand that's a little bit of a personal problem, but yeah, there's there's that, and then uh, again, here's here's the truly minor one, but it is something that would annoy me on occasion. Some of the boss patterns I would be frustrated because they're just slow, and I understand that like sometimes you could speed them up, but having to replay this game because it is a game you're just gonna have to replay bosses over and over and over again until you master them, and there are just some attacks they do where it's essentially like you just gotta wait it out, and that stuff can really feel. Um, you know, you know, it can get a little monotonous at those times. Um, not to the point of super frustration or anything, but like there's one boss, for example, that is first phase is it basically throws up a circle of shields with several layers. And it almost feels like you're playing a, a breakout game or whatever. <laughs> we have to destroy those shields to get to the inner core of it. And like those section I found to be repetitive. And there's just a couple of moments like that. Um, again, very, very, very minor, but something to note, make note of. The other thing I will say that I think every almost everybody will notice right away, and I think it's a bizarre choice, is the first time you take control of the character, you're not in a boss fight, you're walking around in an environment, and it's, it is, it feels bad. <laughs> For a game where I think the controls are great in fights, uh, in between the fights, walking to arenas, it allows you to have control if you want, which is why I think this is a weird thing. And that control is bad. And you can walk around these environments, some of which are, are quite large. And you can explore if you want, but there doesn't seem to be anything to find. So you're just kind of walking with this with these bad controls and these fixed camera angles. And it kind yeah, of and the fixed breaks. camera angles keep shifting. And like it's really oh, it's hard bad. to kind of point which yeah. direction you're going. Um, I would say... The only reason you need to do this is if you walk back into your prison, then there's an achievement. That's about it. Otherwise, you can just push one of the buttons. It might be, might be even be a couple of the buttons, uh, and it'll just automatically walk you in a straight path. That's probably the best way to do it, and then you just listen to the voice talk, and that's sort of like their cooldown period. After the boss, you're just talking it out and then getting some more 
story and info and then you just kind of wait until you reach the next arena yeah i think my problem with it though is it just breaks the consistency of the presentation because this game is it's just put together so well with the music and the and the colors and everything it just comes together so well but then you get these these walking sections where i don't remember if it tells you it will auto walk you i don't think it does it doesn't tell you but if you're just pushing buttons then you'll probably figure it out yeah probably but but still i think it's i just think it's weird and it feels like you know and i'm presuming a lot here but it feels like somebody was like oh people who want action games are going to be mad at these slow walking sections so we got to give them some interactivity and i I wish they had kind of committed to we're just going to have this auto walk you while you listen to the voice talk to you and we show you these amazing, you know, fixed camera angles, these shots, which are beautiful. They're very well composed and they're awesome, um, showing off the architecture of the game. Like, I wish they had, they had just committed to that being basically a very lengthy cutscene. And also, if they had done that, too, it could have made, you know, and I, it could have made, like, replays easier, too. I know you can select bosses from a menu, but, like, if you just wanted to replay the experience, too, being able to skip that stuff would also be convenient, I'm sure. Yeah, which I did, for sure. Because there's also something that if you do a specific non-canon ending, then you have to replay the early part of the game again. And you can't do that from a menu. You have to do like the whole story. So yeah, just skipping those cutscenes would have been nice. It, it, it just feels like a, an issue of not wanting to commit to me. And again, that, that's assuming a lot. I don't know. You know we don't know. Um, but it, it's just one of those things where it feels like it harms the presentation. Um, but yes, definitely press... I think it was X, but I, I can't remember on PlayStation. It was X on PlayStation at least. I think a couple of the buttons work, but yeah, yeah just push so, a button until he, he starts walking in a certain yeah, and, direction. And, and then just enjoy the really nice visuals and the, the nice voiceover. Yeah, it, it's just a weird thing. And again, a nitpick because they have a system for you to obfuscate that is just weird. Yeah, um, I don't know if you have anything else. No, I, I don't think so. I think uh, just as like a general like recommendation for this game i would say that it doesn't exactly fit into the sort of one hit genre that games like katana zero ghost runner and hotline miami fit into where everything's one hit and one kill but it does have that same sense of flow and progression and precision that uh, makes those games satisfying so if you're into that sort of just mastery of a combat engine and then getting that sort of satisfaction of knowing what's coming up next and being able to react to it i would say this definitely is one to keep on your radar i see it go on sale for like five bucks pretty frequently so maybe look for that yeah definitely one i would highly recommend yeah i recommend it as well um there's definitely a level of mastery there i, I still would stick to my devil may cry comparison even though it's not combo based you're not going to be busting out long complicated you know fighting game s strings of commands it is one button, but just in terms of the mastery of it um, and the and the feeling of accomplishment you get, I, I think it is. I think it is on that level to me. Now, did you try hard mode? I, I did not. I just did normal. Okay, good. It is brutal. Is it? Okay, so is it a good hard mode? <laughs> I think that's the thing I've been thinking a lot about recently. Is like, I think a lot of hard modes are bad. <laughs> the hard mode makes it so that. Bullet health sections don't drop health pickups. Fine. Uh, you could still block. You could still parry to gain health, so that's fine. You take, I think, about the same amount of damage, which is fine. Um, certain attacks might do like one more damage than before, but I 
didn't really notice. Um, you do slightly, very slightly less damage to the opponent, and then their attacks are much more complicated. So uh, their melee attacks still have the same timing, so if you're used to that, you're fine, but their like, bullet attacks and their wave attacks, those are uh, more complicated and require more dodging. <laughs> okay, so, so they are different though, right? Yes, yeah, so they're a modified version of the original pattern. So, like, if you know the original pattern, you can see part of it, but then there's more stuff on top of it that you have to deal with. Okay. See, and without having experience in hearing you say that, that's I think that's cool. That's That, to me, sounds like a good version of a hard mode, um, and yeah, not just yeah, yeah. making enemies, you know, bullet sponges or whatever. Yeah, I did not finish hard mode because I got I got through seven of the nine bosses, and could not beat it and i was like oh god this is rough i was also playing on switch so like the frame dropping got to me and then yeah I tried was that on. a that was a big issue for that platform um it was only an issue halfway through hard mode because it requires a lot more precision than normal mode um it's mainly like as phases change and then certain like big attacks which only really happen in hard mode will cause the like it to drop like a couple frames here and there which when it requires a certain level of precision that can be really frustrating so um that's why i say probably don't go for the switch version although i did experience a little bit of that on ps4 um or rather on the ps5 playing the ps4 version uh it's not perfect but yeah definitely go for one of the other versions if you can good so so one thing i do want to say um a the game doesn't tell you this you can parry bullets which is very useful. Uh, it does if you go into the how to play and look at it. <laughs> Basically, if you read the manual, which I did not do. I found it by just accidentally doing it. Uh, and then the other thing I would really recommend people consider doing, and I didn't do this to the last boss, and I really wish I had done it earlier. Uh, I changed my default control scheme. Uh, I think to C, I can't remember specifically, but it's the one that puts parrying and dodging on the left trigger and bumper which i think makes that game way better interesting because because in the default control scheme left bumper and left trigger are both dodge yes um which i did find useful going through some of the hard mode bosses and then later on because then you can shoot and dodge without moving your so that's as the much, thing cause... is knowing you can parry bullets and also, so like the w during the bullet hell section, oftentimes you can damage bosses by shooting them. So being able to shoot the boss w while parrying bullets is such a better thing than having to dodge around because dodging around could potentially put you into a shitty situation um, where you might take unintentional damage. So just being able to stay in one area while parrying bullets while shooting is very useful. Yeah, I could see where that would be pretty helpful. Yeah, so I would highly recommend you just switch to that right away and get used to that control scheme. You know, not being not not having to take your hand off the right stick is definitely recommended. Yeah, I, I think that's that's all I got. Are you ready to move on to spoilers? Yes. All right, so. What's your favorite boss? Oh man, that's tough. I think my favorite one aesthetically is the scale. He's the toxic one that is in this little bog area. Um, he reminds me of a Jet Set Radio character. Um, I don't know. I really like the look of him. 
Uh, my favorite one to fight is probably the Edge. He's the best one. The samurai with the bow yep. oar. He is the best one. He is the best one specifically because it, it addresses my problems with like long attacks where you're just dodging stuff and when on you know repeated tries. Um, because it is very much like from start to finish, you know, it would you do a completed run of that boss, it's like two minutes. <laughs> like it's so short. And it feels so um, satisfying. It's also, it also can be shorter because if you hit him with a charge attack in this first phase, it one shots him. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know. It that just at one all. shots that phase out of the way. That's cool. Yeah. Um yeah, this one's really satisfying. This is also the only one that goes into a two D section, which is it's pretty it's pretty tough, but yeah, he's he's a fun one. Yeah, definitely my my personal favorite just because it, it just felt like it was so laser focused on the melee combat. And I absolutely love that. Oh yeah, he has no gun section. Yeah, you start off in the the like melee combat dedicated thing too. I think. Um, yep. Super cool. Uh, super weird. The boss after him. <laughs> what a weird choice. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the one after her after him is the beat, and she is like one of the easiest bosses in the game. <laughs> yeah, she is the easiest boss. I beat her on my first attempt. <laughs> Yeah, I did as well, pretty much every time. But you just dash forward through essentially like a linear stage. It's like one of the only stages in the game. Uh, you dash forward dodging bullets, and then once you get to her, you do some very e- easy parrying, and then you win. <laughs> and it's supposed to be sort of anticlimactic, I think, by design, because it, of course, is not the true final boss. Yeah, it is kind of weird to have this... A very challenging very rewarding fight with the edge and then the beat is very easy and then the game rolls credits yeah it's it's strange narratively it makes sense but yeah from a game like from a gameplay sense it's weird it's a weird choice um of course after credits then you can fight the star who is the mothership that is all bullet hell and no combat and that one is probably one of the tougher fights in the game really i I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, it's not. It's not horrible, but yeah, it's um, it can that one especially can drag on because it's very hard to damage the boss at certain points. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but that that was the boss, and it, I can't believe it took me to the end boss where I finally changed my controls, and it was like, okay, this makes way more sense because I can parry these turrets. Don't really have to worry about them. I just got to dodge the shock waves for most of this fight. Yeah. So. Here at the, towards the end of the, we'll we'll go through the story in a second, but this is where that extra cutscene comes in. In the Xbox One version, the flame, who is the DLC um, boss, is placed at the base of that tower that has your sort of space mech. He's placed there, he'll encounter you, and then the elevator will go down instead of up, and then it leads into his arena. You fight him there, and then you go in to fight the star. But that only happens in the Xbox One version. <laughs> That's strange. Um, that's even strange narratively, almost, because like, you've you're off the prison at that point. Yeah. So he's kind of, he was one that you fought before, and he was kind of leading like a. He's not a jailer. He's just someone that was messed up by your conquest. So then he's just there to fight you again. <laughs> Maybe he's supposed to guard your ship so you don't leave, or I don't know. I do like that you're playing as a villain. I think that's cool. And all these jailers are like, no, you're locked up for a reason. <laughs> yeah, you want to go through that plot as best you understand it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's you know, you're it's mysterious. You wake up, you don't know why you're in the prison, you're just breaking out. But then you're getting, you know, they're in it, and I feel like fairly on, it's 
made pretty obvious that you're not a good dude. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you're in prison. <laughs> you're imprisoned in a superstructure. Yeah, but you know, you're getting hints that like you know you're you would destroy everything. You're, you destroy the world, and then you eventually get back down to what, what we assume is Earth, or, or whatever, or another just you know Their planet, colonized yeah. planet or whatever. Um, with the voice and then you walk around and every, all the places you're walking around the grass starts to die and you know looks all decayed and stuff so you know they didn't really demonstrate like like i feel like you're just seeing plant left eye which i get like you know indie game they can't really do too much there but i, I think that's interesting and, and honestly i like the idea that like he's the destroyer even unintentionally like wherever he walks plants are dying on this planet which I do think is kind of a cool idea. So even if he's not intending to, he's kind of wreaking havoc and ending life in that way. I, I, I liked the stuff at the end where he's sent to assess a world to destroy it, essentially. I, I don't know. It, it's a weird thing. Did you did you pick the other ending? What is that like? I assume you don't have to fight the final boss. The star? Yeah, no, I have never picked that ending. Okay. Because <laughs> it's just like, well, I want to fight the final boss. <laughs> Yeah, I, I assume I you don't have to assume fight that it. You don't. Yeah, but but I like that. Like through doing that and through, and and I think that's why I think narratively the the uh, ninth boss makes sense, being super easy and kind of pathetic, because you kill her, you know, super easily, and she barely puts up a fight. And they think that that, like, it just shows that like you know these people aren't all warriors. You can't just you know run through and destroy them all and have that on your conscience. So I think. I think that there is a good statement here, if a little simplistic and not really explored, but I, I did enjoy it overall. Yeah, it's like they don't really have a whole lot of people that are willing to stand and fight against you. It's like they did their best to imprison you, and it's implied that a lot of people died in the process of getting you to the prison. When you're fighting against the Hand, who is this knight and narratively is the one that was able to bring you down and then put you in prison it's also implied that you can't be killed like you will just regenerate and be fine which you kind of see in gameplay because you parry and regain health um but the knight that's why you're imprisoned and not just killed but the the knight led or the hand rather led a full army of people like hundreds of people to bring you down and it took that many people to actually get you to submit most of which probably died yeah which you know super cool i I think it's good i think it's all it needs to be it's not super complicated but that's fine so what do you think of the voice so that's that's the part where i'm like i don't really know who this character is like i think they did the fake out where thought he was going to be super evil and then we get there and he's like hey, he just wants to be with this kid i guess is that all there is to that narrative um you've obviously experienced a lot more of the game than i have but that that seems like what it is to me so there's a part um after boss six where you go into a room and you expect another boss but then he's there and he's like oh, i already took care of this one you can just move on to the next one but this is also the room where like the full map of the prison and like where assumably the person who designed the place would be the dialogue that he provides there also hints towards him being the architect of the prison yeah which i i assumed and i assume that mean that like he was gonna get you you know to a point where then he was gonna stab you in the back like and that just never came which is interesting yeah so at some point later on the song box boss six the 
angel looking one got one (laughs) uh got him imprisoned in the structure as well for what purpose i can't quite make sense of but he was imprisoned as well away from i guess maybe he was imprisoned in room seven as a jailer himself which he did not want to be so in order to get out of this position he frees you and has you take care of the rest of the jailers so that he can get back to the surface with his kid which he knows will probably you know spell doom for the planet because he's releasing you but he just wants to be with his kid again um and that's why he says that at the end of boss six when you don't kill the song he's like oh that i saw you hesitate that gives me hope that maybe you're not so bad like maybe you're gonna be okay so yeah that's kind of his motivation for freeing you is that he wants to just be back with his kid but he did engineer the place so that's why he knows a lot about it okay sure sure i'll buy that even if i was a little like i was kind of hoping i was kind of like yeah this dude this dude's playing with us (laughs) oh yeah i totally would have eaten that up if there was like a secret boss fight against him that would have been so cool i totally thought like explore this field at the end or something like yeah but no yeah interesting yeah also the the other thing is that like the world seems okay (laughs) like until you get there and start dissolving things but the world seems all right and then there's also the fight against the scale who is pretty high up above the planet at that point and it's supposed to be like a destroyed part of the earth what did you make of that (laughs) because he's all talking about how um him showing up on the planet is what like contaminated him and maybe it's just because i've been reading a lot of like sort of epic fantasy stuff but i had assumed that he's been in prison for years like i had assumed that this is not this is not a a period over even a year like maybe even like multiple hundreds of years that this has been a thing that these are all kind of like godlike people so I, i i had just assumed that this isn't because these people are so strange they're not you know humans necessarily that the world is healed by the time you get back that's the assumption i made at least i don't think i don't know if there's any hints toward that or anything but that's just what it read to is me in my head yeah i think it is definitely i mean i think it's definitely a few years because kind of going off of the what the voice says about like getting back to his daughter and then we see his daughter at the end and she's still pretty young. Like I would assume it's only been a few years. But if they're all God people, like we don't know. And like the fact that you can regenerate and so can they in gameplay, like it, to me that communicates these are, if not eternal beings, very, very long living beings. Yeah. I think there's definitely something to that. The, the scale though, I think I took it as he was um, sort of like, contaminated or just ruined by your actual arrival on the planet not sort of the aftermath it was just your initial crash into the planet is what destroyed that city or that area and then he got contaminated by whatever like radiation or something so then he decided to become a jailer and then be up on the like level up there oh and i still think that fits like that that could still fit in with all this stuff I, don't, I think this does take place over a period of quite some time, um, or at least not this, the events of this game, but like in terms of like he's he's been there, I think, for a very, very long time, which is why like uh, I think it's the knight who has the kid. 
with him. Yes. I think that's why that would make sense to me is because like they lived there for years and years and years. Um, Because like in your head, it's like, why would you have a kid here? (laughs) Yeah, but they sort of made a home there because the knight wants to defend the planet. And even the second boss, which is this like, I I don't know what she is, but she's like this kind of crazed like thing, like studio light. (laughs) She looks like the strap is what she's called but yeah Yeah. she has a big laser mounted to her face like i think the voice makes you know comments about her being uh, insane or something so i think that like like to me that it just implies they've been here a long 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 time and she's not technically a jailer she's another another prisoner that they're using as a jailer so they just put this other prisoner in between (laughs) i think that like you, you know i think that the edge boatman you know having boatman. a boat i think says a lot about like he's living there he he uses that maybe to fish or whatever like i don't know i, I think that these are homes while also acting as lines of defense oh yeah for sure well and it's implied that or it's i think just said that the the edge has been there for a while and he's done nothing but just train for their for your fight right like he's been just training for years so yeah, there's definitely something to that. Um, it's definitely a game where the story is enough. <laughs> like, obviously, the initial motivation of get out of prison is enough to get you through the whole game. But there's more stuff if you choose to, like, sort of pay attention and analyze what the voice says and the environments around you. Right. Well, even stuff like um, the, the sniper boss, where she's like, she wants a challenge right and i think that it's it's i mean i I think all of them kind of speak there's elements where you get the sense that like they're they're here and they've been bored (laughs) oh yeah for sure yeah so i i I don't know it 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 makes sense to me except for except for the last one who's i i think you know the last line of defense but also the most inexperienced and the one who doesn't know what she's doing yeah because she hasn't really had any experience any fighting experience yeah and maybe that's also because this keeps happening, right? They talk about him regenerating in the fights, but uh, maybe that could also be just a reference to, oh, it's just, it's just a loop where he keeps coming back, coming back through this, and he keeps failing, but every one he gets a little better. I mean, that kind of plays into the gameplay too, because every time you run out of lives and you get, have to use a continue, or if you just have to get to the continue screen, it shows you back in your torture device on the first level. <laughs> Right. We're also assuming like there's a lot of references to like, you know, them meeting him for the first time in, in the assault is what we're assuming. But this it could just be in reference to him continuing to fight to get through the prison um, and then being sent back and then continuing again and again and again. Also, the voice and maybe this lends credence to that because the voice never shows up for those fights. He's never around. So, yeah, he also has some weird teleportation ability that he yeah, can use. Yeah, he does. To... So, what I wonder if he's hiding himself because he doesn't want to reveal that he's helping. Because if if our character fails, he's going to be back there again. There's only one boss that actually acknowledges the voice's presence, and that's the burst. Right. Uh, she has some line that's like, "After you're done, I'll go after your friend" or something. Like that's the only time that the bosses seem to know know that the voice is there. I don't remember that, but if she says that too, it could also mean the space station. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, I don't know. Cool stuff. <laughs> uh, you're right. There is some some more stuff to dig in there. Maybe uh, I took it a little for granted.
But yeah, do you have anything else you want to touch on? Um, so the DLC uh, bosses, they are the, the Flame and Bernard. Uh, the Flame is the main, like, DLC. It's on the cover of the DLC, and then it's, like, the one thing that you have by default. Um, he has three guns, and it's, like, a fairly challenging fight. I don't think it's too... It's not too bad, in my opinion, but I think it's it's still really rewarding. He uses a lot of, like, um, projectile-based attacks in, com- in combination with the other stuff. Um, he also has three different colors of projectiles, so it's kind of cool to see each of his arms and then at one part he rips the third arm off and then uses it as a club oh that's cool uh which is very cool the fight against bernard though is the most unfair thing in this game uh you unlock bernard by after beating the flame and at least i'm not sure on the exact unlock conditions because some sources say that you have to beat the flame on hard mode some sources say you just have to beat him once. Some say that you have to beat the entire game on hard mode. Um, I beat the first five bosses on hard mode and then the flame on normal mode and he unlocked. So I don't know. But Bernard is a textureless polygonal humanoid shape <laughs> that has a sword and two guns and has... The fight is only in hard mode. There's no normal mode version. Uh, he has eight... No, he has nine phases. And he uses attacks from every boss in the game. All cranked up to 11. That's rough. Uh, it's really rough. I could not beat it. I got through, I think, five... I could consistently get through about five of the phases, but I would just die after that. So, yeah, I didn't... I could not beat Bernard, but... Uh, it's a cool it's a cool bonus honestly yeah that's cool it's there um action games like this should have stuff like that that is like here's an ultimate like everything we just throw it at the wall to see if you can beat it that's that's neat and if you can beat bernard without getting hit then um you might need another game <laughs> so it's <laughs> too easy for you i'm sorry yeah that, that's that's really cool though yeah thank you for listening to our, our review of fury a, a very neat game yeah, this is one that I recommended we put on our podcast list because I fell in love with it the first time I played it, and I was kind of shocked Dustin hadn't. So I'm glad, Dustin. I'm glad you played it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm also glad we played it. It was really rewarding and cool. So last, if you check back in the feed, the last two games we played uh, were the Prey, Prey 2006, and Prey 2017. Um, also, two pretty good games. Uh, so go check out those. And then next coming up, we will be playing Spyro the Dragon which I'm very excited about. They are my favorite games of all time. I cannot wait to talk about my favorite purple boy. So yeah, check out the feeds for that, as well as um, sort of our other, not not so regular, but uh, other podcasts, which is on the same feed, Save Station uh, Report, where, where, in which we talk about, you know, impressions for games we're playing, not for the main show, and then like news and stuff like that, especially with E3 season, like, you know, we'll, we'll probably do a couple of those because I'm sure there'll be a lot of fun stuff announced over the coming months. Yeah, and if you want to see updates on what's coming up, uh, what we're going to be doing episodes on, you can follow us at Save Station Pod. I usually post what's coming up and what's releasing on there. Uh, where can they find you? They can find me at Dustin H. Dragon on Twitter. And where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at Conifer SSR. Um, I run both, so there's some overlap there. But Cool. Um, yeah, thank you for listening, and remember to be good to each other. Oh, yeah, and take care. Bye.